Out of the ashes you will rise. If you feel sad, lost, depressed, finances are in the gutter, social life, you're lonely, out of the ashes you will rise. Here in my garage, invest in yourself. Always be curious. Don't be a cynic. Sleeping on a couch in a mobile home with only $47 in my bank account. When everything's burnt to the ground, when you're sad, lost, and depressed, and everything's at rock bottom, you get to rebuild the exact and precise way you want the damn thing rebuilt. Health, wealth, love, happiness, each of these four goals. In case you missed the last episode, make sure you go back and check it out. Here's what went down. I wish I could have a dart taser gun. And the second someone fucking annoys the shit out of me, I could shoot them, hit them with 10,000 volts. Jen's here with HR. Does that violate any HR rules? <laughs> I'm gonna find a country in the world and anywhere that's legal, and I'll only do it to people who deserve it. Somebody I told the same thing 17 times, I'm like, this person needs to pay. Coming up today. If you want to do bigger things in life, if you want to be happier, you got to motivate yourself. Excitement, travel, adventure, fun, abundance, wealth, everything good emanates out of motivation. It's very simple. Welcome to today's podcast. This is an interesting one. It was very interesting for me to learn about this. I've been learning about it. What are the 17 things that motivate us? See, if you want to do bigger things in life, if you want to be happier, you got to motivate yourself. What's the opposite of motivation? Procrastination. What does procrastination lead to? Regret. What's the opposite of that? Motivation. What does motivation lead to? Excitement, travel, adventure, fun, abundance, wealth, everything good emanates out of motivation. It's very simple. You and I are kind of like a car. You got, cars got a lot of potential sitting in the garage, but if that car doesn't ever get out, it's just a parked car. A car is only useful when it's moving. That's like you and I, we're only happy when we're doing stuff. Now, of course, we got to rest and we got to have peace when we're not rest, you know, when we're not achieving. I'm not saying all of life's about accomplishment, but make mo- no mistake, life's about doing stuff enjoying stuff, enjoying yourself, enjoying others, enjoying life. Now, I wanted to record this 17 ways to motivate yourself, 17 things you have to understand about your motivation because most of the motivational advice, most of the inspirational advice is basically wrong and it's wrong because it's oversimplified. It's an overgeneralization of a somewhat complicated concept. Some people will tell you, oh, to be happy, just love yourself. Oh, to be happy, just look within. Oh, to be happy, just pursue money. Oh, to be happy, just help others. They're all wrong, although they're kind of right. They're right in the fact that they got one of them right or two of them, but there's more. Going back to the car analogy, you and I are like a car in a garage. Motivation is the gas. You got to pour gas into the car or it just sits there. But you also have to understand what kind of gas do you put in? Unleaded? Do you put in diesel? Are you driving a Tesla? You need to electrically charge it? You got to understand the components of the engine. The engine's not just one thing. You lift up the hood of any car, it's full of different parts. Different things are moving. Different things. And if you would pull back our brains and understand what's going on in our minds, your mind, 
there's probably at least 17 different pieces moving. I want you to understand them. That's what we're going to talk about today. The more you understand, the more you can change your life. If there's things in your life you don't understand, one of my mentors, Alan Nation, said the secret to change is first starting with understanding why things are like they are. See, a lot of people just want to change the world, but they don't start by understanding why the heck we are where we are now. Like politics with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and the election that, you know, passed Donald Trump the president. A lot of people just want to change it. Oh, let's just change health care. Well, a lot of presidents have tried that, Republican and Democrat. A lot of them have failed. To do a good job with that hard question, you have to understand Healthcare at its deepest root, you got to understand what makes people sick. Why are so many people overweight in the United States? What's wrong with the inequalities in healthcare? How do doctors work? How are hospitals being paid? Once you understand the whole big picture, then you come up with good solutions. Same with our lives. You want to live a good life. You want to overcome procrastination. You want to avoid regret. You want to do awesome things, both for yourself, your family, and for the world at large and civilization, and you want to help yourself and help others. You want to be happy, healthy, wealthy, love, you have love and romance in your life. You better understand what makes everybody tick and start with yourself. And so you might have heard of this thing called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. It's like a pyramid and it shows you, you know, the hierarchy of things we need. First, we need shelter and all this stuff. Well, this I'm here in Oslo, Norway, and I, I was just doing some research on different things. And there was a 1938, a scientist named Murray came up with what I consider something much more interesting than Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is cool. It explains why we do what we do, but it's, it's, it's missing stuff. So Murray's systems of needs is what I'm going to talk about as an explanation for 17 ways you and I can motivate ourselves and overcome procrastination. Learn these, memorize these, study these, listen to this podcast over and over, or go out and buy a book on it or Google it, Murray's System of Needs. I'm going to explain to you a little bit of my take on it, and I hope it'll help you. There's about 17 reasons we do what we do, about 17. Let's go through them. The first one, achievement, to accomplish difficult tasks, overcoming obstacles, and becoming an expert. So in life... I don't want you to shy away. We should not shy away from becoming a skilled expert in something. You know, a lot of people, when it comes to making money especially, they'll say, oh, I don't, what's an easy way to make money? Well, I say, well, why do you want an easy way to make money? Like, not only is there probably not an easy way to make big money. I just had dinner with Steve Ballmer a week ago or so. And, uh, you know, he's, I call him the $28 billion man. That's his net worth, $28 billion, not million, billion. And he was business partners with Bill Gates. And now he owns the Clippers basketball team. And I was talking to him and he's, he's, you know, we're having dinner, just he and I. And he said, the problem with most businesses and people is they give up. He said they have no stick to That was his word. He said, and oftentimes, if you look throughout history, it's the things that were hard to do that really had the big payoffs. That was his exact words, big payoffs. So take that whatever you will. Big payoffs financially, big payoffs in happiness, big payoffs for the rest of the world, helping others. So do not shy away from the need to achieve. Because some people will tell you, oh, you know, like Buddhism, for example, says that all suffering comes from desire, which is probably true, <laughs> honestly. 
but it doesn't mean that you should avoid all suffering, right? Maybe you should take a little bit of Buddhism and limit pure desire, but it's okay to desire to achieve. It's part of you and I's psychological and our basic DNA makeup. The next one is recognition. Describing accomplishment. See, a lot of people will tell you, when you do big things, you should do them without seeking recognition. Why? Says who? I was just listening to the audiobook Titan Rockefeller. Everyone should listen to this book. Even if you don't, not everyone likes Rockefeller, right? Because he's a controversial person. But there's some very interesting takeaways for everybody. And one of the things was Rockefeller, he started his first real job outside of like his upbringing was as an accountant. And he always said, none of my competitors know their numbers better than me. And it's my competitive advantage. He understood his business's numbers. I was like, after I read this book, I was like, I got to get even better. I mean, I know my numbers, but he knew his numbers in and out, in and out. And he basically considered it his number one, you know, competitive advantage. So in the modern world, that was in the late 1800s, right? When he kind of rose up early 1900s, Rockefeller. For you and I, things have gotten more complex. The IRS code is more complex than it ever was. Taxes, accounting systems. Now we use software, right? Back then they would write it in ledger books. Um... And most entrepreneurs that follow me, when I talk to them about their accounting, it's all over the place. Okay? All over the place. So you got one system for sales and one for accounting, one for inventory. Too much time, too many different resources, and it's hurting your bottom line. So one of my sponsors is NetSuite, right? They're by Oracle. And they've got created a cloud-based business management software that handles all those aspects of your business, okay? So they're doing the all-in-one that everybody needs, okay? And that's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. So NetSuite right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, seven strategies to grow your profits. So go to netsuite.com slash my name, netsuite.com slash tie. That's netsuite.com slash TAI to download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits. Let me spell it. N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot C-O-M slash T-A-I. Okay? Know your numbers, and I wish you the best, and I hope you become as big as Rockefeller, and you remember you heard about it on my show, and uh, you give me half your money later. No, I'm just joking. He had, I think, four to six hundred billion in today's dollars. So if my podcast helps you do that and NetSuite helps you do that, at least take me out to a steak dinner. See, a lot of people will tell you when you do big things, you should do them without seeking recognition. Why? Says who? Says a whole bunch of cliche advice from that stems from some 2,000, 10,000 year old misunderstanding of America, uh, of human psychology. We know psychology. It's okay. Now, I want to emphasize one thing as I go through these 17. I'm not saying that one of these 17 should be your dominant reason for living. 
That's why I said there's 17. You probably need 17 equally balanced things, uh, approaches to life. Maybe 5% of your life, for example, should be about achievement. 5% of your life should be about getting recognized. Not 100%. See, that's, that's where people oversimplify. If you say, well, you should want recognition, they go, oh, well, what kind of life would it be where you just sought the recognition of other people? Well, we're not, you know, I want to look and say, hey, idiot, we ain't saying all of it. We're saying a part of it. I always say happiness in life is like making a good bowl of chicken noodle soup. You don't want all celery. You don't want all chicken. You don't want all salt. You don't want all vegetables. You don't want all noodles. You want a mix of them all. And that's the same with these 17 areas of life that we have to master. The next one is exhibition. To impress others through one's action and words. This is an area of our five basic needs of ambition. Even if we shock people, it's okay at times to exhibit your success. I posted a a video of me doing a uh, what I call it, you know, a random act of kindness, some random acts. I was driving to the airport to go to Norway, and I had th- I took three grand, and I just while I was driving down to the airport in the kind of not so nice area of, of L.A. where there's a lot more poverty. This is kind of an area where I was closer to where I was born. I wasn't born in Beverly Hills, and I handed out a grand to us kid who was selling chocolate bars on the side of a, or outside a grocery store. And I handed a, a grand to a woman who was a, it turned out she was a single mom. I didn't know this. She came up to me and said, oh my God, this is going to pay for my kid's school or something. So I posted that and it went viral. I think it's, I'm not sure in a day or two, it's got almost a million views on Facebook and 30,000 likes and comments, all this, you know, in some comments, people are mad because they're like, are you doing these things just for exhibition, just for recognition? And the answer is no. You know, I give a lot. A guy wrote, well, you just give everything away for recognition. I'm like, no. How do you know how much? Maybe I've given millions away in secrecy anonymously, you know, and But at the same time, I'm not afraid to have a little bit of exhibition. As long as it doesn't dominate your life. If your life is not dominated by the incessant and obsessive need for people to love you. It's okay, though, to have 5% of your life want to be loved. What's wrong with that? What fools are out there in this world right now? You know, just crazy people oversimplifying life. All right, so that was the first category. Ambition, which is made up of achievement, recognition, and exhibition. The second one is materialism, which is divided up into acquisition, order, retention, and construction. So materialism, let's go through Acquisition, obtaining things. It's okay to have some materialistic acquisition goals. As I said, if it's 90% of what drives you, it's too much. But if it's 5% or even 10%, who cares? (laughs) everybody needs some material things clothing is material things a roof over your head is material things you know a book is material things are these the root of all evil no the root of all evil is unrequited or I should say um, uncontrollable materialism right uncontrollable thirst for acquisition but some 
thirst for acquisition is healthy. In fact, a lot of people I meet aren't materialistic enough. You know, they could hardly take care of themselves and their family, and they don't have any money to share with the poor or hardly any. They need to acquire a little bit more. But I also know some people. I got a friend, and I had to tone him down, man. I said, what's your purpose for living? He's like, make money. I'm like, why? You already are a multi-multi-millionaire. Like, how can that be your driving force? He's like, ah, I just like the number, my number being higher than others. And I'm like, that's kind of stupid, dude. Listen to yourself talk, you know? Find the happy balance, the happy medium. All right, next. Order to make things clean, neat, and tidy. This is a materialistic goal, okay? That's great. Bring order to your finances. Clean them up. Pay off the things you should have paid off. Clean it up. Next is retention. Hoarding things. You know, there's that reality show about hoarders where they, like, have huge amounts of stuff saved up. And that's too much. That's too excessive. But I'll tell you, I had a friend who decided he wasn't going to hoard anything. He listened to some oversimplistic piece of advice that you should never hoard anything. And he threw away all this stuff. And boy, he threw away some of his best memories, some of his best pictures, some interviews he had done with people who are dead. And he regrets it. Hoard some things. It's okay. But don't get on that TV show. <laughs> That's too much. Materialism. Construction. That's both physical things and, and non-physical, but... Build some stuff. Rebuild a car. Build a shed out back. Get your hands dirty. When I lived at the Amish, everyone there knows how to build their own house. You know? What's wrong with that? You need it. All right, let's move to the next one. This is an interesting one. One of the subcategories here, and there's actually, in this, there's, in some ways, there's more than five, but I'm going to give you an expanded one. Um... <laughs> By the way, you might have heard of Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. I like this one better, believe it or not. Okay, the next one is something called defensive status. Okay, there's three types of defense of your status. Infavoidance, defendance, and counteraction. Infavoidance is concealing a handicap or a failing. So it's okay to do that a little bit. You know, I think some people do it too much. You ever have a friend who will never say they were wrong? Never admit a flaw. That's too much. But I know some people who just grovel and walk around like, oh, woe is me. Everything's wrong with me, da, da, da. Have a little bit of pride, but not too much. Conceal a little bit of your failings and handicaps, you know. But at the flip side, also know that showing some of your failings at times can be a great tool. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the bodybuilder, he said he used to wear clothes that highlighted his weaknesses because it motivated him to lift weights. He said his calves... You know, his lower legs were the weak point at one at, at one uh, time in his life. So he'd always wear shorts because then he said, I'm gonna, I don't want people to see this. So he fixed it. So there's multiple ways you can do this big word of infavoidance. But at the end of the day, focus a little bit on your handicaps and failings and concealing them or fixing them is even better. The next is defendants. To defend oneself against attack or blame, hiding any failure of the self. Explain your excuse. Some people say, oh, never make excuses. If haters criticize you, just, you know, a quiet word turns away all haters. No, it doesn't. You need to defend yourself at times. But you got to pick and choose. I was talking to one of my mentors, Dr. David Buss, the famous evolutionary psychologist. And he said, you know, 
as you increase in success and status, people will attack you. It always has happened, always will. He said you have to pick and choose. You can't always defend against every little attack, but some attacks you must get a word in edgewise. Next, counteraction. To make up for failure by trying again, seeking pridefully to overcome obstacles. You know, one thing that I wish some people had more of, I wish some people had more pride. Now, other people I wish had less pride. It's that balance again. I have some employees who work for me who do make the same mistakes. And you're like, you talk to them like, what the heck's wrong with you making the same mistake? And you can just see it. They don't have enough pride to go, never again. I don't like to be reprimanded, so I ain't going to let myself get reprimanded. I'm going to fix my problems. It's okay to have a little bit of that. All right, let's move on. I'm going to move a little faster here because I'm hungry. I want to go eat. (laughs) Human power. One of the things that motivates you in life is human power. Divided into dominance, deference, autonomy, contrarians, aggression, and abasement. And, uh, sorry, there's a few more. Blame avoidance, harm avoidance, and inf avoidance, which we talked about. So here's the deal. Human power. Dominance to control one's environment, controlling other people through command or persuasion. It's okay for you to be a little bossy some of the time to some of the people, but notice what the next area of human power is. Deference to admire a superior person, praising them and yielding to them and following their rules. I mean, some people say, Ty, you don't need a mentor. Just listen to yourself. Everything you need is within you. No, you need some deference. Boy, you walk in a room, you walk in a gym, and you can only bench 100 pounds, and another person benches 500 pounds, have a little deference. You walk into a a fight club, a little gym, a little MMA training thing, it's your first day, and you walk up to a black belt in jiu-jitsu or a Muay Thai guy, and you're like, oh, I can kick your ass. I'm the best. Boy, you're going to learn the hard way. You better have some admiration for superior people. It's not superior in all ways. It's superior at a certain skill. I can't believe some people say, no one's better than others. Well, at certain things there are. You don't think if you need heart surgery, there's some people better than others? You're going to ask your uncle to do your heart surgery? You're going to ask a professional surgeon who's done 800 operations? Come on now. People losing their mind in the modern world with their cliche bad advice on what makes us tick. You need some dominance. You need some deference. Autonomy. Breaking free from constraints, resisting coercion and dominating authority. So you also need some autonomy. So you need some deference where you listen to others, but you also need at times to call your own shots. You got to be wise to know when to do either one because they're opposite polar ends of the spectrum. I was playing basketball yesterday with Zach here in Norway. Not many people play, but there was a mother with her little kid, little one or two-year-old walking. And it's funny, the kid... I always notice little kids always try to run away from their parents. <laughs> it's like their, their joy. And I realize that's part of the human psyche. Autonomy. Next is contrarianness. Contrarians. Being oppositional. It's okay to be somewhat contrarian. You ever met somebody who's too contrarian? No matter what you say, they take devil's advocate to the point of absurdity. Balance. Next, aggression. It's okay to have some aggression. To forcefully overcome an opponent. Hey, every once in a while in life, in fact, this bullying epidemic that people talk about in school, part of the solution is a peaceful one. Talking it out, getting parents involved. But every once in a while, 
a quick, swift punch to the nose. Little aggression can go a long way, can go a long way more than people talking. You know, I read a statistic that two, three, two out of three women on planet Earth get assaulted at some point, which is an absolute tragedy of epic proportions. And part of the solution is education and also a part of the solution is peacemaking. But I'll tell you this, if every little girl grew up learning Brazilian jiu-jitsu and a little boxing, because some women are stronger than men, you know, there's plenty of strong women and weak guys out there. A quick, swift punch to the nose or a jiu-jitsu chokehold is going to bring that statistic down. Now, it ain't going to solve it all, okay? Again, I'm not going to oversimplify a hard problem. But a little aggression in the world will go a long way. But too much aggression is also the cause of untold horror. Too much war. You know, I always like what Roosevelt said. Walk quietly, but carry a big stick. That seems like a great, a great way to deal with things. Seems like what parents should probably teach their kids. Walk quietly. Don't bully anyone at school, you know. But if one kid comes up to you nonstop and is pushing you and throwing you down, at some point, you may have to lay down the law on them. All right. Another human power area of our, or our psyche, a basement to surrender and submit to others, accept blame and punishment, to enjoy pain and misfortune. You got to have a little bit of that. You got to a little bit have to be able to be happy when things ain't going so well. Are you going to have a crappy life? Blame avoidance, shifting and stifling blameworthy impulses. See, you got to have a little part of you that doesn't want to get proven wrong so that you avoid doing stupid things. Harm avoidance. You got to have some people. I have a friend tells me he's afraid of nothing. I'm like, really? You ain't afraid of being tortured? You ain't afraid of a car crash that leaves you in pain for the rest of your life? Finally, I got him to admit that maybe he is, but you got to have a little bit of harm avoidance. But I know some people hardly get out of bed. Some people hardly do anything adventurous. All they could think of is harm. You got to have that balance again. Infavoidance, again, avoiding being humiliated or embarrassed. Some people are petrified. They can't do public speaking because all they think about is, what if people laugh at me? That's too much infavoidance. But I know other people that get out in life. In fact, just the other day, God, I went out with a group of people and this one girl got so drunk and was so annoying. And then she told me later, she's like, I don't have a lot of friends. No one wants to hang out with me. And I was like, well, what do you think that means? And she's like, no, that just means that people don't understand me. I'm like, nope. It means you need more infavoidance, more, ch more changer in behavior so that people don't want to avoid you. Okay, move to, there's two more categories here. Affection between people and exchange of information. Let's talk about these real quick. What drives you? What motivates you? Affection between people. Affiliation. To be close and loyal to another person, pleasing them and winning their friendship and attention. It's okay to do things that build friendships, man. It's okay people say you should live only for yourself. Bullshit. Bullshit. Sex. To form relationships that lead to sexual intercourse. Pretty straightforward. Some people will tell you, you know, that the carnal desires of the human body are somehow wrong and guilty. You should feel guilty for them. Nope. But of course, there are people that go crazy with this and take it too far. Find your balance. Rejection. Reject things, it's saying. It's okay to reject some people, abandon them. 
Some people just can't. Larry David, I don't know if you know who he is. He's the one of the wealthiest guys in Hollywood, but he created, co-created the TV show Seinfeld and, and the show Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's a famous comedian. And I had dinner, I had lunch with him last year. And it was so funny because one of the things he was saying, I've heard him say, uh, is that he can't get rid of friends, even horrible friends. He just feels like he can't reject them. And once a friend with him, no matter how miserable his friends make him, he sticks with it. But I don't think that's it. I don't even think he's saying that's a great way to live. It's a flaw he's saying he has. Reject some people. All you entrepreneurs listening, when you got stupid people working for you, be like, goodbye, and never look back. Okay? But at the other hand, listen to this next human motivator. Nurturance. To help the helpless. Feed them and keep them from danger. I mean, sometimes you got to not reject somebody. Everyone, you know, I had an experiment I did where I, I called it my business bodyguards not physical bodyguards. I just got this word from Alexander the Great. What it was is I took in about 20 people and I said, you can work with me. I'll train you in what I know. It was a very frustrating experience. Not one of my favorites, but I learned a lot. One person made it through the program. One person. And so I chose to reject 19 people, but this one person who was not, was still learning how to be an entrepreneur, wasn't great at it. I saw potential in him. Even though in some ways he was helpless at his business, I took the time to nurture and he's become, uh, it's been amazing to watch it unfold. But I had to reject some. In that case, it was pretty extreme. I rejected 19 out of 20, but it doesn't always, it's not always that much. All right, next, succorance. To have one's needs satisfied by somebody or something, including being loved, nursed, helped, forgiven, and consoled. Some people tell you should be strong, independent. You know, it's like Beyonce songs independent woman well let's let's have real talk here humans ain't meant to be so independent we're meant to have the need for some succorance some that's not sucker that's an old school word it's okay to need to have a shoulder to cry on period end of story psychological needs play have fun laugh relax all work and no play makes johnny a dull boy Boy, I meet some of these entrepreneurs. They're just like, I grind, Ty. Boy, I grind. Oh, great. Great. Well, I play some, my friend, and I got a better life than you. And I don't mean that in a cocky, condescending way. I'm just saying that. That's what you'll be able to say to people who don't ever integrate some play into their life and just go out and, I'm building big companies, Ty. I'm building big companies. Well, what does it profit a person to build a big company? if they don't enjoy themselves along the way. Now, final category is something called exchange of information divided into sentience, cognizance, exposition. Sentience, what does that mean? It means to seek out and enjoy sensual experiences. Now, you could take that. Sensual doesn't mean sex per se. It can mean that, but it means things that make you feel good. It's okay to want to travel the world. It's okay to want to have some nice sheets on your bed. It's okay to want a nice car at times. It's okay to want to go get a massage and feel good. But, it, you know, we live in a world, it's like some people either do it zero or do it 100%. Do it, make 5% of your life about sensual experiences. Good glass of wine. But don't make 95% of your life about alcohol. You're going to have a shitty life. 
Cognizance, understanding, to be curious, to ask questions and find answers. Cognizance. This is what I was talking about at the very beginning, why I'm even talking to you about Marie's needs. You need to be driven in a certain percentage of your life by just getting life. You know, this is what the school system destroys this in us. Parents often destroy their kids' curiosity. They just root it out of them at a young age. You know, I'm not a parent, but if I become one, I think when those kids get to that stage where they just ask thousands of questions, why, mom, like, why, 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 that you should just put hidden earphones on or, like, earplugs so you can't hear them if it's annoying you too much and just let them ask a thousand questions so that the kids never get the feeling that their curiosity was stifled. Let them just babble. They'll just keep talking to themselves, answer an occasional question. Kids don't really, at that stage in life, as far as I can tell, I have six brothers and a sister, so I've been around, you know, family, big, relatively big family, and they don't need you to answer the whole time. They just, it's a phase of their brain, their neuroplasticity is teaching them, how curious should I be? How curious I should be? Don't destroy that neural pathway. Let it grow. Let it grow. And finally, exposition, delivering information others. You know, people say, why do you do what I do? Well, part of it is it's enjoyable to share what you know with other people. Nothing wrong with that. Anyway, I hope this was helpful. It was helpful for me to review. This is what motivates us. This is what should motivate us. This is the 17 ways to motivate yourself and get past procrastination. See, if you don't know these 17 things, you'll always kind of procrastinate because you won't understand what drives you. You're like a car. You got to know how the engine works so you know what kind of fuel to put in. If you don't know what kind of fuel to put in, you're just putting water into your car. Your car is going to never go fast and won't go at all. So I hope this was helpful. Stay tuned for more podcasts. Be sure you're watching my social media. I'm posting some hilarious stuff, some crazy stuff, some educational stuff trying to pioneer this thing called edutainment. So check out my at Ty Lopez Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And I'm just going to say, for those of you who say, oh, I'm too old for Instagram, I'm too old for Snapchat, well, you better get with the damn program. Throughout history, there's always been older people who drag their feet on new stuff and suffer for it. You want to do big things? Remember? Cognizance. Understand. Be a curious person. Try new things. I don't, my grandma's 99, and she just sent a text, right? She's born in 1918. 99. She's curious. You, can, you and I can be, too. So hope this helps. Talk to you soon. If you want the chance to enter into one of my free giveaways, here's all you have to do. Number one, subscribe to my podcast. And then secondly, leave an honest review of my podcast. What do you think of it? All right. I pick random reviewers to win either an iPhone 7, a GoPro Black, a MacBook Air, iPad, Kindle. And then I've been doing these uh, once a month free car giveaways, giving away a Mustang or Camaro to one random social media follower. Podcast followers are entered into that too. So You'll get your free chance to enter. Just leave an honest review and make sure you subscribe to my podcast. All right. I hope you win one of the giveaways. Talk to you soon.
Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever it is you like to listen so that you don't miss out on any new episodes as they come out. 